welcome to Tripod, our travel retail-themed video podcast series in association with the SEBA Group. I'm Martin Moody. I'm Roger Jackson. Roger, we had such a good guest on the show last time. We had lots of positive reaction to that. So Tripod has really got a lovely momentum to it. Um, and we've got a really interesting guest coming on today that I, I know you're very interested to talk to. But first, as always, let's just um, get a snapshot from you of what you think is standing out in the industry at the moment. Well, I think from last week where we spoke about Dufri's great results, where we really saw excluding Asia a real near return to business. Um, I was reading the Moody Report um, only yesterday and to see the news coming from Dubai Duty Free, who is, we, we all know is our largest single site retailer in total travel retailers. So definitely a total travel retail, which is definitely, um, you know, another big barometer for us in our industry. You know, hearing that they're 12.5% down versus 2019 on their second quarter, uh, which is the latest 12 weeks uh, just gone. Uh, what a sign that those guys on total till are now near back to 2019. Now, I know we talk as 2019 as the, you know, back to where we were. And, I, I, you know, I'm not sure where we were is still relevant, but I think it's the barometer is in terms of is our business getting back on track? And you've got to believe now with the do free news and the great news coming from Dubai GT3, from Colum and Ramesh, um, you've got to believe that, you know, our industry is looking really, really good. Hearing the relaxation from yourself as well, from, you arriving back in Hong Kong. I think everyone's been reading your your blog and seeing your adventures, but even hearing that that's been relaxed even further now in Hong Kong um, is a great sign that hopefully we'll also have um, our Asia friends back in back in our industry in a, in a big way. Yeah, it's looking it's looking more and more promising. That's for sure. So good, yeah, good news here in Hong Kong. Roger and the Dubai numbers that you spoke about absolutely right and quite an acceleration in that quarter that you mentioned so I think first half is down about 20% on uh, 2019 and and you know when you get to a number like 12 and a half um, that's real acceleration isn't it so so and good the, thing, the, the yeah. thing I will add and I guess Ramesh would be very angry and Colin if I didn't mention this on quite still a you know, a relatively smaller passenger number base. We're talking below 70% uh, on passengers. So when you look at it to do that business on, near, you know, just over two thirds of the old passenger numbers from 2019, it's absolutely yep. uh, unbelievable. And, and, and I think if we go back 18, 24 months, when we're all looking at IATA's 2023 and 2024 forecasts, Let's be honest, it's a couple of years ahead of where people were forecasting this as well. So big, big congratulations to the retailers we've mentioned, Dubai GT3, uh, Do Free. I also read in the Moody Report, Cyprus uh, announced some really good numbers a few days ago as well. So I think, um, you know, I think we've got to say congratulations to all of those retailers that are absolutely working their socks off to get this business and our industry back up and running. Yeah, and we get the icing on the cake, I hope, with the, with, with the Chinese um, and, and next year. And I should probably close on that. Obviously, been difficult a uh, couple of weeks, Roger, in Hainan. You know, the longtime hotspot of the industry suddenly turned very, very cold. All the shops shut at one point. Um, we're, we are recording this 
on the 19th, Friday the 19th, I'm really pleased to say, um, we broke the story exclusively this morning that the Heiko shops, that's in the capital city in the north, are open again. And, and I, I think this time they'll, they'll stay, stay open. They've been open, shutting, uh, opening again, but looks as though they've certainly got it in control, uh, under control, uh, COVID that is, in, in the north of the island. Sanya is a bit more of a problem. And of course, that's the home to the biggest store of all, China Duty Free in Haitang Bay. Um, but we are hoping that won't be too long before they're underway. So the authorities are making good progress and fingers crossed it'll be resolved soon because we certainly need Hainan back and, and, and bouncing as it was. Well, Roger, I mentioned earlier on, we've got a guest that I believe you met quite recently in person. Today, we'll meet him virtually. Shall we bring him in? Yeah, let's do it. So Tripod's special guest this week is Toby Vitter, Director of Global Travel Retail at one of the world's most famous drinks houses, Master Jägermeister, that rarest of breeds in the upper echelon of the drinks industry, a family-owned independent, and what an independent it is. Now, the company operates out of its offices and distillery in Wolfenbüttel, Germany. It's a place I had the pleasure in fact, the privilege of visiting just before the pandemic, and it simply oozes history, a history synonymous with innovation, with marketing brilliance and some risk. And of course, with the story of Jägermeister, a brand that by the end of 2019, just before you know what happened, uh, became the 10th most popular international premium spirits brand in the travel retail channel, while its domestic market sales are simply astonishing. It's right up there among the top 10 brands in the world, along with all the heavyweight names you know. There's a saying, what's red hot, but 18 degrees below. Sounds like one of those children's riddles, doesn't it? But it's not. It's a phrase that captures Jägermeister's extraordinary commercial success on the one hand, and the temperature, I believe, of its perfect serve on the other. And let me just close off by giving you some numbers. 383. That's the number of quality checks on the product. 56, that's the number of herbs, blossoms, roots, and fruits in a recipe known by a handful of people and guarded more closely than the keys to the United States Bullion Depository. 98, the number of 2CL Jägermeister shots consumed each second around the world. Fantastic. And one more number. Number one, a mono brand that has driven one of the great international brand success stories of the past eight decades. Now, Toby stepped into his travel retail leadership role this February, having joined the company, I think 10 years ago in 2012. So it's an anniversary after spells with Bacardi and Brown Foreman. In 2019, he took on the managing director's role with German gin company, Gin Sul, now fully owned by Marst Jägermeister uh, before assuming his new and very exciting, I'm sure, travel retail role in early 2022. Toby, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, uh, Martin. That was a, was a great intro. <laughs> well, it's great to have you with us. And uh, Roger's delighted. Roger walks and talks to the drinks industry, of course. So you're a very special guest to him, Toby. And thanks for being with us. Roger, over to you. Uh, Toby, I think you've officially got the best introduction I've heard yet. It was like being at a boxing fight, um, but it, I think so. You're very lucky. I think you've got Martin's yeah. best intro yet. 
And and I must say, you know, I I have uh, presented those those numbers myself a couple of times, but um, you know, every time I hear them, especially the the shots per second that are consumed worldwide, it is still mind blowing. Yeah, it really is a really truly amazing brand story. Um, I guess like the Jägermeister brand, we always start off with all of our guests in the early days. So could you share a bit, Toby, about what it was like for you growing up, uh, the, those early days, education, and sort of key influences when you were growing up? Sure, I would be happy to. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm 43 now, um, living with my wife and our little daughter in, in Hamburg. Uh, and uh, in Hamburg, Germany, I was, I was born and raised uh, as well, a little bit uh, outside in a, let's say, very conservative household. Uh, started, you know, my, my, my school days, uh, not with, you know, uh, English or French as my first uh, foreign language, but rather, you know, with Latin and, and old Greek, which at that time wasn't the biggest fun, but, you know, <laughs> looking back at it, I think it, it, it was okay, I guess. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, more or less a very, very, you know, comfortable situation, very protected, uh, you know, being outside playing sports. Uh, and, uh, you know, then uh, at some point, instead of you know, studying for the piano lessons rather created mixtapes uh, for, for my friends and, you know, kind of got interested a bit in, in, in music. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, then, um, you know, after, after my school time, um, I, was, I was already, you know, conducting some events and, you know, doing some DJ uh, jobs uh, to, to, to finance my, my living. And at some point, I guess my, my father called me and, and threatened to inherit, uh, disinherit me if I don't go to university and do something proper with my life. Um, so I, um, you know, thought what, what I could do and uh, actually decided to go to university studying um, business marketing and law, um, which, you know, was more, you know, a generalistic uh, uh, university class in order to, to have the opportunity to look in different directions and to decide, you know, what, what I enjoy and, and, and what I can, can, can strengthen, um, you know, and, uh, I had the opportunity um, already, you know, as a, as a small student to go to the U.S. for an exchange year for the first time. I was playing baseball at the time, so you know that was the U.S. Uh, influence, I guess. Uh, during my university, again, I had the opportunity to spend two semesters in in California to study there. So there was always, you know, already in early days, I guess, a, a link to curiosity and exploring the world and um yeah then um as a, as a big football fan um i had the opportunity as my first job uh, to do something not in the spirit industry but to work for actually the fifa when the world cup uh came to germany in 2006 um which um i probably just took the role to get a lot of tickets to see a lot of matches which actually worked out at the end of the day so that that was good um it was yeah i guess a, a, a more legal driven role um with a decision of myself that i don't see myself in front of a desk uh, for the rest of my life uh, you know, just turning pages in a in a law book and and uh, reciting par uh, paragraphs. Uh, so, um, at that time, a friend of mine worked at Bacardi, um, 
and you know after the world cup i actually wanted to travel the world and, and take a break but he was saying hey there's a job offering here at bacardi it's a great company um and i think it would would be a perfect fit for you and i applied and i got the gig and that's more or less than the start of you know uh the, the, the steps in, in, in the spirits environment, you know, with Bacardi, Brown Foreman finally leading me to Jägermeister where I'm still today. And um, tell us about some of those highlights, because I guess you've gone from uh, Brown Foreman or Bacardi Brown Foreman, then obviously to Jägermeister, um, and then a few years with an independent company as well, uh, with Gin Soul. Uh, give us some highlights around that sort of journey of when you got into uh, alcoholic drinks. Well, I mean, you know, being a young guy uh, at Bacardi, um, being responsible for all the events uh, that at that time, you know, had a lot of budget. <laughs> it was it was a dream job, more or less. But it was clear to me that obviously an experiential event manager is not sustainable for me. So I, you know, stepped um stepped into the trade marketing role where I quickly learned all the particularities about off-trade and especially for on-trade, which is more or less, you know, um, exceptional or not, not, not so present, at least in, in a lot of other industries. Um, and, be, you know, at that time, it was probably one of the, the most exciting steps was at the time I was responsible for the third party brands which was the Brown Foreman brands in Bacardi because they had a joint venture. And at that time, Brown Foreman decided not to extend the, distrib uh, the distribution contract and set up their own entity in Germany. So I was, I was lucky enough then to go over there from Bacardi to Brown Foreman. Started, I think, in Hamburg at the office when there were seven domestic people. And a half year later, it was already 70. So really, you know, kind of being in the process of, building this this entity where you know i didn't have yet so much expertise to bring in but ob obviously a lot a lot of insights to observe and a lot of learnings that i that i could take out of it which were not in my initial role but but left and right i think that was a very exciting time and um i guess key influences and mentors um, anyone that you would say, I know you said a, a friend helped you get into Bacardi originally, but any sort of key influence and mentors along the way, whether it's in work or obviously before work as well? Um, I think at that time, I, I, I wouldn't be able to 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 name any anyone particular in, that, in those early days. I think there was there was um, my, my boss at, before at, at, at FIFA was, you know, one that I looked up for because he was just so extremely smart and had just just a, the, the wide perspective on all the other uh, areas of life. I think that was more or less um, not an influence, but but something I could look up for, which, you know, also, you know, gave me a lot of respect, obviously, than, than for him. And um, I think what I would say is that at the time when I went to Jägermeister, you know, it started that... Um, you know, I had um, people there, um, my, my boss at that time who didn't know me and I didn't have in any international experience yet that gave me a lot of freedom and trust at that time. Um, and I, he is still also with, with, with Jäger uh, until today. And obviously when I'm encountering difficult situation, I 
um, he's he's still until today the first one I call just to get advice. Um, and I think uh, you know, in terms of management style, to really trust in your team, be on eye level with your team, and give your team also freedom to try and also to fail. Uh, I think is something as a mentality that I learned with him, and I'll try to also adapt this to 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 our team and to our to our style of working uh, until today. All right, and Toby, you came into your current role in travel retail at an interesting time. You know, we've been through this horrid period of gloom and darkness, in fact, that Roger and I have spoken about so often on these shows, but the world's looking a little brighter now. In fact, we would, we would argue a, a lot brighter. Uh, and you came in as that transformation, I guess, was, was really starting to gather some momentum. How are you enjoying the job so far, first of all? And um, how, do you, how do you see the state of the travel retail nation, as it were? Are you, are you optimistic? Uh, I'm generally optimistic. So, so I'm also optimistic on this one. Um, no, but um, I think it could not have been a better time um, for me to start um, and for two reasons. Uh, one, one of the reasons is that more or less the, the, the really heavy times were behind us when I started uh, in global travel retail. It, 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 you know, there was already light at the end of the tunnel and um, my my predecessor uh, Dietmar, who uh, you know went in well re reserved retirement at that time, uh, did an amazing job to already you know pick up the pieces and 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 kind of put them together for me to already you know come into an environment where um, you know the heart or the tough crisis management was already behind, and there was a clear direction and plan. Um, to go further. Um, what I what I love about this situation, and you know, to say that after thunder there comes rain, and eventually some, um, it is, you know, the, our our industry has been completely turned around and shattered um, by this crisis, um, which I see now as the biggest chance because the business and the industry was going good, um, therefore a lot of things might not have been questioned and now it is the time to exactly do this and to be innovative and to reinvent um, and i think this is really you know the, the exciting time we're in at the moment to to not necessarily go back to all the old habits obviously yes you have to because a lot of the old habits were right and are right and are working great but there's also the opportunity to challenge and to, to do stuff that maybe before pre-COVID was not yet possible. So it accelerated the, the, the need for innovation and the possibility to try out new things in our channel a bit, which I find as the greatest challenge at the moment. Yeah. Toby, how are you, how are you seeing the business in, in terms of Jägermeister's uh, growth in, in the channel? I've just been speaking to a number of retailers over the last couple of weeks and also listening in on results from people like uh, Dufri in particular, Lagardere, Heinemann uh, recently, but uh, Dubai Duty Free today, actually looking at their numbers um, and they're very, very close now, almost to single digit 
drop vis-a-vis uh, -vis 2019, which I think is extremely good. That's for the last quarter. Um, are, are you seeing similar resurgence as travelers come back and as retailers really start to staff up and, and promote and you know start to live the, the, the good times again? Um, yes, I do. I mean, um, going, when I started back when I started last year, I think the the working thesis was that travel retail will take a bit longer to recover, and everybody was looking at a recovery more or less around 24, which in some line of business is still the case. But I think looking at the PAX numbers, even at European airports, that is almost at pre-COVID level now. Um, it also reflects on our business, and we are based on our initial plans ahead of the plans, um, you know, not yet at the pre-COVID level fully, but close. And I'm, I'm, I'm still having, having the hopes that we will at the end of the year um, reach it. But um, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm carefully optimistic or cautiously optimistic because what I see, especially here in Europe is that Airports are packed, airports are crowded because people just want to enjoy and, and go out. But uh, at the same time, you know, with all the other um, factors, uh, doubling of gas prices, inflation rate, and especially flight ticket costs, um, we will see if, if households can afford a second holiday uh, in the second half of the year. Um, I just looked at, you know, a ticket from Hamburg to Mallorca, which was at 500 euros to fly with Ryanair for without even a, a luggage, which is insane. And, and um, you know, not a lot of people can afford this. So this is why I say, you know, cautiously optimistic. Um, we are on a good track, but we'll have to see on how the second half of the year really, you know, affects the, 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 the pocket of consumers. Yeah, absolutely well said. Well, look, just, I'm sure you've been traveling quite a bit since you've been in the role, but maybe not yet um, as globally as, you, as you'd wish travel, travel business travels relatively um, early on in the bounce back, isn't it? So for those of the retailers out there around the world who, who haven't met you yet, Toby, and I'm sure they'll meet you at the trade show, such as can, um, just tell us a little bit about your business values. What's, what, what, what drives you in business and what do you, what do you think are the, are the key principles for Toby Vitter? <laughs> well, that's, uh, I think, uh, you know, to, 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 I said it earlier, you know, generally be optimistic and positive and positivity that is driving your daily routine is, is very, very important because, um, that will reflect on others automatically if if if, if you have that that uh, uh, or if you if you're living this right and um, on the other side I think especially being in global travel retail and the name says it it's a global role you are, have the luxury of being able to travel and to meet different cultures and different people I think it is very important to a be curious and interested and open-minded. Um, and I think that reflects to cultures and people, but also to, to consumers and the environment that we are in to, to never you know, be satisfied with what has been done and what were 
the, the status of the past, but always challenge this and to look look ahead and to, to be curious of, of, of what is out there. Yeah, I, 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 I love that term. And I think in a definitively international business like the one we're in, to be curious about places and about other cultures is a great thing. And curiosity leads to understanding, doesn't it? Um, so yeah. really, really nicely put. Well, Toby, we've kind of got through the serious bit. Now we're going to have a bit of fun, as you know. I made it. <laughs> you did well. You did very well. Now, of course, we have um, a, a prime piece of real estate out the middle of nowhere. It's a Nirvana-type place. It's the Tripod Desert Island. It does enjoy duty-free status, as you'd expect, of Roger and I, and we're about to take you there. So I'm going to hand over to Roger to see to offer you a few creature comforts to while away your time. Thanks, Martin. So Toby, you've, uh, you're getting ready to come to the desert island. You're allowed to take one uh, choice of music, so either an album or one track. And I know, given your background, this is going to be very difficult. Um, but what would you bring? I must say, just to choose one album, it's impossible. I, I, would, I would try to sneak through customs, maybe three or four albums that I glued together as one right so um I, I would say well a, a classic uh is, is is Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon in terms of production sound and 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 just music um then obviously I probably would try to sneak in one album of Prince or Michael Jackson um and definitely then uh Pearl Jam 10 which is uh, one of the biggest alternative records um, you know, from, 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 from the early, early times of grunge. Fantastic. Good choices. Um, <laughs> and along with your music, uh, you can also bring a book uh, or any bit of reading, so poem, play, etc. What would you, uh, what would you bring? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, um, I, I, I would bring The Little Prince by, by, by Exupéry because, uh, you know, we talked about being curious and I think, you know, now um, my daughter is two and a half years old. Um, it is a book that, you know, it is, it is so good to read as an adult over and over again, but I can also, you know, read it uh, to my daughter and, and hope that she also takes, takes something out of it at some time. Fantastic. What a lovely book. Um, and now probably the most difficult question. Um, you're allowed to bring a duty-free item. Now, given where you work, I think you get to choose uh, one of your own. Uh, and I think we should also get you to choose one that isn't a Jägermeister product. So what would it be and why? Um, I think uh, uh, I love tequila. So so I would take a good bottle of, of Reposado tequila um, to be able to to just, you know, have a enjoy a couple of margaritas as the best sessionable drink. Uh, throughout the day and night, um, and then I, um, I I grew up in in, in Germany and uh, you know spend a lot of time in in the nightlife. So it is always ice cold shot of Jäger. Like if I do take a shot, it is Jägermeister ice cold shot, and I'll take a bottle of Jäger as well. How about that? There we go. I've even got one alongside me. How's that for product placement, Toby? Are you impressed? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm impressed. That is a special label too. You you, you got it. <laughs> Uh, excellent. Well, that sounds good. Well, um, you've, you've 
got your two bottle allowance, so we've, we've, we've granted you that. You have exceeded your music allowance, hasn't you, Roger? But, um, so you've, <laughs> but you've, sneaked, you've sneaked through customs successfully. So we're going to reward you now. You've got some great music. You've got some, some great alcohol. And you're relaxed because you've had some great reading. But we're going to arrange a special dinner now for you. And as always, we're going to allow you to invite three guests from history or living today. Who would they be and why? That's, that's again, uh, a tricky, tricky question. I think, uh, um, firstly, I would, I, would, I would take care of the musical entertainment throughout the night. So it really, uh, you know, turns into a real party at the end of the night. So um, if I would have the chance to bring James Brown to either play with Prince or Michael Jackson. There's one YouTube video, I think, out there where he brought both of them on stage, you know, back in the days. And I think only five minutes are existing. And that jam session that they're doing is, I think, already historical. So I think, you know, we can make some history, create some new music, but of course have great entertainment throughout the night. And I would listen to it with, with Obama. I think, uh, because, um, you know, during my, my time in the US, this was the time when Obama was president, uh, I had uh, a lot of discussions, pros and cons, you know, with my peers around his politics, about his vision, and I think he's just um, a great vision, visionary and, and, and just a very charismatic and smart man that I would love to, to just chat. Yeah. Yeah, what a what a, what what a great lineup that would be. Things went rather downhill quickly after Obama, unfortunately, but we won't go there. Yep. I think so. Nope. No, no, no. We don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, finally, for being uh, such a good sport with us, um, Roger and I have invested very heavily, I might say, in a in a new airline. Um, we've only got one plane at the moment, Roger, haven't we? But we're we. You know, we might be at the Farnborough Air Show next year and grab another one. Um, but we have this air, we have this uh, aircraft now, our own airline, and we're going to fly you anywhere, Toby, in the world. As as our thanks to you for being on the show and being a great guy. What would be prime in your bucket list, and why? Well, appreciate the free trip. Uh, no, no, normally, normally, I would, I would. Uh... I would say Hawaii, but we talked about the, the, the flight ticket cost, so I'll be mindful about your TNE. So um, I, I, I would uh, I would say um, um, I would I would take the family to to Algezur in Portugal um, at the, the the West Algarve because uh, this is where you know we have also you know settled down. Uh, my wife has a has a business there. It's beautiful nature. Atlantic Ocean, surf, good food, um, you know, no, 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 no bling bling, straightforward and, and just, you know, beautiful for surrounding. Yeah. Well, we'll get you there. Once you see the nature of our aircraft, you'll probably be happy we're not taking you all the way to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might prefer that Ryanair uh, to Mallorca with no luggage. So. Yeah, 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 no, no, no Portugal is perfect then. <laughs> All right, very good. Toby, it's been lovely to chat. I've, uh, we've learned a lot about you. I know a lot about the brand, of course, and, and the company having had the most amazing visit uh, to Wolfenbüttel a, a few years ago. And uh, 
you know, your, the spirit of your company is just so great because it's full of fun, um, as well as being serious about being a very, very, you know, great brand right among the world's biggest. Um, you do have a lot of fun as you do. And I think that's endemic in, in, the, in the nature of the product and where it's served. But uh, lovely people always. And uh, I enjoyed that experience. I can't wait to, to get back. But we, we wish you well in the, in the channel. It's still early days. Great to see your business coming back and in line with the wider business. And uh, uh, I look forward to catching up with you in, in, in person at some time soon. I'll pass over to Roger for um, that final word. Yeah, I think, Toby, first of all, it was great to meet you a couple of weeks ago in Dubai. So, um, and it's great to have you in travel retail. I think um, I was actually talking to one of our largest leaders in travel retail, a retailer leader, and he referenced to me that Jägermeister was now in the top 10 products sold to Indians, uh, which is just unbelievable. You know, I remember we were struggling to sell malt whiskey to Indians 10 years ago. Um, to think that your product would sell so well to India as a as a nationality and as a people is just the power of Jägermeister. I think you don't go anywhere in the world now uh, without seeing your product behind a bar or in a retail store. And just big thank you for you giving us the time so early into your tenure of travel retail as well. Uh, we really appreciated it and we hope to see you in Cannes as well. I'm sure you'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. Roger, I, I, um, I note also here in my part of the world, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you from Hong Kong, as you know, so and I was really surprised to find out that how popular Jägermeister is in China. Toby, it's going, it's going gangbusters, isn't it? And don't they have a special name for it? Well, it, it was very, very, very uh, good before COVID in, in China. Obviously, it's it's a difficult situation, as we know. But, you know, the global momentum of the brand um, that we have, uh, whether it's in India or China, um, gives us a lot of potential. And I think this is also the exciting stuff and the challenge uh, and the driver for us to to continue to develop. And that's, that's exciting. So thank you very much for having me. I, I appreciate... Uh, your time and, and you asking me and uh, I hope to see you in, in, in person in Cannes and for, for everybody out there, Jägermeister will be throwing an event in Cannes on Tuesday the 4th. So watch out for your wristband and your invite to get a proper Cannes Jägermeister experience. There you go. How's that for an offer? Well, Toby, right alongside me, as you saw earlier, I've, I've got, in fact, I've not got just one bottle. I've got all three expressions, but they're certainly not sitting here at 18 degrees below at the moment because it's about 35 degrees above here in Hong Kong. So I'm going to have to go and put that in the freezer and then I'm going to have a shot tonight in your honour and in the honour of all your great colleagues and team uh, back, back in Germany, but also all around the world. Toby Vitter, thanks so much for being on Tripod. Well, Roger, I enjoyed that chat as I always do these conversations. And that's very much how we see it, isn't it? A conversation rather than an interview. Toby's an intelligent man. He's, he's, he's lived a, a life in, in that short career of his, that short life of his, actually. He's a spring chicken, as my mother used to say, alongside me. Um, but he's an interesting man, an intelligent man, insightful man, I found. What did you make of our chat? Yeah, I thought it was great. I met Toby two weeks ago in Dubai. Uh, we, we obviously worked with Jägermeister, they're one of our partners. And um, I found exactly what you said, uh, intelligent, articulate, 
what I always like to see um, of anyone who works in the drinks industry, as you know, Martin, that's where I've done all of my career in drinks, is someone who started in the on-trade, in the on-premise. So, you know, bars, restaurants, et cetera, because that's where you really are closest to the consumer from a consumption perspective. Um, yeah. And I think when you've got insights like that, you really understand about occasions and what really makes consumers want to buy a product and then obviously continue to consume it. And I think the great thing with Toby is he's absolutely got that in abundance. Uh, got a great sense of humor. Um, got some really good experience as well. And not only has he done it in the large companies, he mentioned Bacardi, Brown Foreman. You know, he's done it in a more of an entrepreneurial, um, smaller businesses as well. And now he finds himself as, as you said, a top 10 brand owner in the world of uh, Jägermeister. And from everything I'm seeing, um, we spoke about consumption in India and you spoke about Asia. I think, you know, Jägermeister's heading for a top six, top seven position, um, mm -hmm. which is unbelievable given the drinking occasion, which is, you know, Jägermeister essentially is a, a shop based uh, product. It's not a long drink necessarily. People don't drink it in that way. So uh, he's a great guy. I think he's going to do real big things for Jägermeister. I'd really watch out for Jägermeister over the next couple of years. Yeah, so travel retail remains in very, very good hands at Jägermeister, and that's nice to see because it's had such great management. The people running travel retail, I think, have been some of the great guys of our industry and the personalities as well. Um, we mentioned Dietmar, we, uh, we, uh, we miss him, and Hans, of course. Um, fabulous people, fabulous people. Um, all right, Roger. Well, look, it's been great uh, to our viewers out there. Thanks for watching. If any of you would like to be on Tripod, or would like to recommend somebody get in touch with Roger and I, and we'd be delighted to have you on the show. But until next time, this is Martin Moody saying, see you next week. See you next week.